Welcome to day 179 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Uh, This week we've been in the reign of Solomon. Uh, We've seen Solomon as most humble as he invites uh, the Lord to give him wisdom in order to lead this great people of his. We've seen the magnificence of Israel. When we just looked at the bounty of a daily table in Solomon and everything that was gathered around his table and the provisions and how far the people of Israel had extended their borders, and you see all that. Then you see the uh, Solomon building the temple, and we've kind of interspersed it, or the writer of Kings with his attention to his own house, seven years in building the temple, but 13 years in, in building his own house. Then we switch back to the temple uh, for the dedication of the temple, a celebration of God keeping his promises. Uh, I love the imagery there. You've promised with your mouth, and you've uh, brought it to, about with the strength of your arm. Uh, We continue in the dedication of the temple, and here is uh, Solomon's prayer of dedication in uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. And Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp and David Keefe and Matt Kresge. Uh, And before we read, Cindy, why don't you uh, lift us up in prayer as we offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Father, we do um, just that. We lift ourselves to you. Asking, Lord, that you, um, by your Spirit, that is so active and alive in our world and in our hearts, Lord, that you would uh, meet us where we are, even today, and uh, teach us from your Word, and by your Spirit, either convict us of sin or encourage us, Father, that we might um, more completely walk with you, Father, as uh, as you lead us, as you guide us, as you continue your sanctifying work in our hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Here is Solomon's prayer for the dedication of the temple. Uh, it's one of the longer readings we have this year, but what a wonderful prayer. It is uh, both a prayer and also a prophecy and also instruction and wisdom and how to return to the Lord. It's based on what Moses had already told his people about what it meant to walk away from him and to find his favor and to return to him. So we begin in 1 Kings 8, uh, verse 22. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands toward heaven and said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continually, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You've kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you have promised, with your hand you fulfilled it, as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before me faithfully, as you have done. And now, God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David, my father, come true. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open toward this temple night and day, this place of which you have said, My name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays toward you in this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven in your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When anyone wrongs their neighbor and is required to take an oath, and they come and swear the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. 
judge between your servants, condemning the guilty by bringing down on their heads what they have done, and vindicating the innocent by treating them in accordance with their innocence. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back to you and give praise to your name, praying and making supplication to you in the temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave their ancestors. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray toward this place and give praise to your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people of Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land that you gave your people for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight, or mildew, or locusts, or grasshoppers, or when an enemy besieges them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel, being aware of the afflictions of their own heart and spreading out their hands toward the temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and act. Deal with everyone according to all that they do, since you know their hearts. For you alone know every human heart, so that they will fear you all the time that they live in the land you gave our ancestors. As for the foreigner, who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When they come and pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your own people Israel, and may know that this house that I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies, uh, wherever you send them, and when they pray uh, to the Lord toward the city you have chosen, the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea, and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to their enemies who take them captive to their own lands, far away or near, and if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive, and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors and say, we have sinned, we have done wrong, we have acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all of their heart and soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray to you toward the land you gave their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen, the temple I have built for your name, <coughs> excuse me, then from heaven your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all offenses they have committed against you and cause their captors to show them mercy. For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt, out of that iron smelting furnace. May your eyes be open to your servants' plea and to the plea of your people Israel. And may you listen to them whenever they cry out to you. For you singled them out from all the nations of the world to be your own inheritance, just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, sovereign Lord, brought our ancestors out of Egypt. Someone finished praying all these prayers and supplications to the Lord. He rose from the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out toward heaven, he stood and blessed the whole assembly of Israel and in a loud voice saying, Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word um, has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave or forsake us. May he turn our hearts toward him to walk in obedience to him and to keep the commands, decrees, and law he gave our ancestors. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God 
that there is no other. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time. Uh, really nice prayer. So many, yeah. you know, so many shades and shadows of things you know, we hear in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. you know, even you hear the, the little echo of give us today this daily bread, meeting daily the needs mm -hmm. of, of your people. And of course, to hear the prayers of your people and you have to love what Solomon has done. This is a big temple as far as in you know, spaces, holy spaces in the ancient world. And so this temple didn't even begin to express your grandeur and your glory. Not even the highest heavens can contain you. And he continues, even though the temple is his dwelling place, he continues to speak of God in your heavens, which is, is your dwelling yeah. place. So he recognizes God's presence is in his very personal, intimate presence with his people, uh, but his uh, expansive omnipresence, you know, throughout the universe as well. So it's a grand in its worship, it's grand in its pleas, it's grand in its uh, provision, you know, for the people in so many ways. You have to love in the foreigner who has heard your reputation and name and comes from afar, mm -hmm. you know, to worship you because, mm -hmm. and of course that is part of why we were called to be a holy priesthood so that people could uh, in us, see uh, the glories of our God and be drawn uh, to Him. So there's a lot in this mm -hmm. prayer. Yeah, I think I, I wish I would have counted how many times he he calls for the Lord to when you know when people come to this temple to this place and they pray to you, you know, hear from heaven, hear them from heaven. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it made me think of the words of Jesus when he said, you know, my place should be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of robbers. Mm -hmm. You know, and, yeah. and here we see this intention. You know that the temple would be a place where where God's presence would dwell, and yet he he recognizes still rightly that you know this is still too small. You know God is is far bigger than, and yet he he pleases to dwell with his people. But this would be a place of prayer, you know, and and yet we're going to watch, you know, it not not become a place of prayer, but really a place that Jesus would call a den of robbers. And this would be a place that you know could not contain his glory. However, there would be an even smaller temple. Yeah. Uh, in his son that fully contained his glory. Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, uh, John could say, we've seen the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that uh, uh, immensity of God's presence that the heavens cannot contain poured out in Jesus through the incarnation is such a beautiful picture as well. Now, and you can see the little allusions in, in his prayer at the very end as he stands before the whole assembly of Israel and. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he speaks again to praising the Lord for not one of his words has failed, nor any of his good promises that he gave to the servant Moses. Again, calling us back to covenantal worship. And, and then again, we even see the allusions in, in, in 58, you know, may he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees. And, and so even seeing that, you know, even in his prayer of Solomon, he, he's pointing to a day when our hearts will be changed and our hearts will be turned. And, and even in all of that, it, it's that the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God. And so no. again, it's not just like he's doing this work in us, in his people, but it's to also be extended to the earth. And so and of course, those sound like New Testament things, but it's all throughout the Old Testament yeah, as well. No, you're, yeah. you're hearing in hand of the new covenant. You know, I'll take out of your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and put a new spirit in you put my spirit in you to move you just exactly as he's praying 
uh, to keep your laws and decrees. And, and of course, you have this sense, may the Lord our God be with us and our ancestors, may he never leave or forsake us. Mm-hmm. And then you come to the writer of Hebrews, who, because we have a far greater covenant from a far greater high priest, uh, has not God said to us, I will never leave nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, he... His presence would leave this temple, and his mm-hmm. presence would be withdrawn from the land, and his presence would be withdrawn you know, from, from the people. Uh, but uh, we have a far greater covenant with a far greater priest and a far greater assurance mm-hmm. comes from that. I, I love, too, starting in verse 31, um, you know, Solomon <laughs> kind of in advance says when this happens. He says this constantly, when, when, when. When anyone wrongs their neighbor and you know required, when your people are defeated by an enemy because they've sinned, when the heavens are shut up and there's no rain, when famine or plague, these things are going to happen. Um, we will fail. They will fail. They are God's chosen people, and they are dearly loved. But they are going to fail, and they need a God who does not fail, who what has good promises, and who has steadfast faithfulness, you know, to His people. So. To me, wow, it's just a, an awesome thing to, to even begin p- kind of praying preemptively. Well, this is going to happen. We are going to fail you. And, and, of course, we've seen that in the covenant you know, all the way from the beginning, even in the giving of the law. Uh, when, you have, when you are far from way, way and exiled in a foreign land, mm-hmm. if you will confess your sins and the sins of your ancestors, and the same thing you know, in you know, Deuteronomy as well. And, of course, Solomon really captures the human condition. If anyone should sin, and there is no one who does not. Right. Uh, end of story. Yeah. What we really need is uh, a Savior. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is a portrait of uh, the coming of that Savior. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for this beautiful portrait of, of our Savior to come, Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for the great work that He does in us. Um, you know, he gives us new hearts to walk in obedience. Uh, what a wonderful news. Um, we thank you so much for your word and the wonderful story of redemption that we see unfolding page after page after page. Um, may we be um, more stirred and more in awe of who you are in light of looking at you and your word. And, and may we celebrate and give you praise for you are the faithful one who has kept all of his promises. So, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.